This is Story Quest. Today's story is The Howling Wood. The children were causing chaos. I'm going to climb it, said one. I can swing from this branch, said another. Oh, I think I need a wee, said one more. There was a whole group of children on their holidays, and they were having the best time in the wood. But the trees, the trees were not happy. Not happy at all. But why? We'll come to that in just a second. But when you go to play in the park, do you ever stop to look at the leaves beneath your feet, or those rustling on the branches above? If you have taken a moment, you might have noticed how many different type of leaves there are. Beech leaves and neat little pointy ovals, almost impossibly green when the spring light shines through. Birch leaves are similar, but are fatter at the bottom. Maple trees, which belong to the family of trees known as aces, have broad leaves like hands and often have the brightest colours in autumn, with hues of yellow and russet and even pink. And then you have sycamore trees with leaves that look a bit like the aces. The clue is to look for the sycamore seeds on the twigs and then on the floor, just like little helicopters that spin to the forest ground. Of all the leaves, perhaps the most distinctive of all is the oak. No other tree has quite the same shape, with its seemingly uneven lobes in uneven numbers. They're easy to spot, and where you find oak leaves, you'll often find something else which tells you without doubt that it's an oak. Acorns. Nuts in their small hats. Sometimes attached to the leaves, well, unless the squirrels have got there first. You might notice the leaves on the trees, but you probably don't pay much attention to the trees themselves. After all, trees aren't known to do much except stand very still. Maybe swish their boughs in a strong wind or provide some shade in the height of summer. The trees themselves, however, consider themselves very important. And none more so than the trees in a wood known locally as the Howling Wood, which was said to be haunted. It wasn't, in fact, haunted. It was merely a dense wood on the edge of a small town, maybe like yours. But the wood had been there for centuries, since medieval times at least. The remains of a monastery could be found if you took the time to pick through the dense undergrowth and overgrown ferns and brambles. But few did because there were rumours of ghostly monks, and many people swore that mournful hymns could be heard if you were there at midnight. Because the townspeople had always believed that the hood was haunted, they largely stayed away. When the storms came, the wind blew through the branches causing a howl that travelled on the night air and children in their beds pulled the covers up tight. No one in their right mind would want to be in the woods on nights like that. The trees were very happy with this state of affairs. We have peace and quiet and the air here is cool and clean. Not like that dirty and loud old town, said the venerable you a fellow who'd been in the wood for a thousand years. I can't tell you how noisy some of the centuries have been. This is the worst yet. Oh, thank goodness for the monks, I see, said a sturdy elm. I was just a sapling when they built the monastery. Such an intrusion at the time. Indeed, but once it became a ruin and the rumours started, you know, ghosts at least, everyone left us alone again. The trees murmured in agreement, but one didn't. A young oak 
rustled to make herself heard. But why must we keep people away? The trees shimmered in what could have been laughter. People and trees simply do not mix, said the venerable you. You have children breaking branches to hit with each other. They're horrid dogs using us as lavatories. Young people carving into our trunks and don't get me started on those who want wood for their fire. It's better that they stay away, stick to their grimy streets, and if they think this wood is haunted and a place to avoid, well, so much the better. The young oak supposed that they must be right, but she felt rather lonely. The older trees were used to the silence of the centuries. They found the noise from the busy roads and growing cities to be an irritation, and the smoky smuts from the factories made their leaves dull and the rain sour. Towns must be hard places in which to live, she thought. Sometimes she craned her branches the better to hear the sounds from the town, especially when the school nearby rang its bell and she could hear the children's voices. She was only a hundred years old, and so not yet tall enough to properly reach above the others the better to see. She willed herself to be taller and straighter. But things moved slowly in a wood. Although most people did stay away from the howling wood, every now and again a few brave souls would set foot inside, usually young people daring each other in the dusk of the summer evenings. The weight of the ancient canopy would block out the evening light within a few steps, and so they brought torches to light the way as they picked onwards through the ruins of the monastery. Look sharp, everyone, said the venerable you. More blasted children. I want creaking, so get your boughs swishing to whip up a wind and have a word with any nesting owls. A few mournful hoots usually help scare them off. They always think it's the monks. The wood was popular with owls, and so a good round of hooting was usually easy to arrange. The younger oak did her part, swaying her branches just enough to creak in a mildly sinister way and nudging the tawny owl who was dozing in a nook to let out a squawk. Her heart wasn't really in it, but the children shrieked in delight as they passed by. As she swayed, a few acorns dropped to the floor, as was the way. The younger tree noticed that a small girl towards the back of the group had lingered to look. This gave the tree an idea. She swayed again, and so more acorns fell at the girl's feet, waxy and bright with tight caps. They were too appealing to leave, and the girl put them in her pocket, and the tree felt glad. Ugh, what are you picking them up for? said another girl scornfully. We're going to get left behind if you waste time like that. I'm not wasting time. Acorns are seeds. I'm going to plant them in the dirt at the back of the playground. Don't tell, though. Who cares? Come on! And with that, the girls had gone, torchlights flashing like fire in the dark. Time moved slowly in the forest, and it would be a few years before the young oak was finally tall enough to break through the other branches to stretch just far enough to see the town. When she did, she was astonished. The town was indeed as busy and dirty as the other trees had said, the schoolyard cement and wire and surrounded by roads. But at the back of the yard stood six tall young trees, oaks, her oaks. She recognised them immediately and was proud to see them so straight and sturdy. Over the years that followed, she watched as they grew tall and broad and sighed in delight to see the children playing around the trees, climbing them, hanging swings and relaxing in their shade. Generations of children followed as her oaks grew taller and the young, or not so young, tree 
felt her loneliness disappear. The venerable Yu took a very dim view of this and said it would do no good and only make people think that trees and people could mix, that they should even, but the oak thought perhaps that it wouldn't be such a bad thing. In time, the townspeople decided to plant more trees on the streets and even to venture into the howling wood to clear the bracken and open up spaces for the light to fall in, the better to help new things grow. Until one day, no one remembered that it had once been thought of as haunted and the name changed in mouths until it was no longer Howling Wood. Now it was merely known as Owling Wood on account of the owls. The people of the town streamed through the woodland paths enjoying the cool, clean air and admiring the trees. And even the venerable you in the end had to agree that perhaps people and trees could, in fact, mix.